The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together, we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. That's 888-84-JESSE. Or go to timesharejesse.com, Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. Stop me if you've heard this before, but there's rioting and looting going on. Also, what do you make of Trump's executive order? I'll tell you what I think about it. And a video that almost, almost tugged at my heartstrings. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. All right, I know what you're thinking. Jesse, I'm so glad you're back. Where were you for a week? Jesse, you look so handsome. And yes, all that stuff is true. First of all, I was on vacation for a week. When you come to work every single day and do an hour of television, I'm telling you what, the body breaks down after a while. Don't tell me about your job at construction. I have to sit here for an hour every night and talk into a camera. 
that's grueling. So I took a vacation. We went down to Florida to score some meth and whatnot and almost died in Florida, I should mention. We did some little uh, airboat tour of the Everglades, checking out some alligators and such. It was really cool how they go into the... I mean, you know what? I'm not going to go into it now. And as we're leaving, we have this big SUV taking a bunch of us out of there. There's a car coming. It's this two-lane road, and there's, there's this car coming right at us on the wrong side of the road. Woman, of course, driving on the wrong side of the road, speeding right towards us. And I don't mean swerving into our lane, driving in our lane. We have to drive off of the road. This lady wakes up, or... or, or perks up, who knows, looks at us, sees us, overcorrects, begins swerving all over the road. By the way, people, small corrections, even when you do something on the road, small corrections, don't start yanking on the wheel. She's doing 70 in this tiny little crappy car, blazing all over the road. I'm going to get to politics in a minute here. Sorry, it's my show. I talk about weird stuff. And boom, they, she goes right off the road. I'm in the front seat. Everybody in the back says, oh, she went off the road, she went off the road. So I yell at the driver, turn around, and we flip around, drive back. Now, remember, I told you we were leaving an airboat tour of the Everglades and all that. She flies off the road into the freaking swamp, the swamp with this tall grass. The, the grass is as tall as I am. I'm 6'8", and the grass was as tall as me. It's thick. She flies into the swamp, and it turns out, obviously, it's a swamp. There's water. It's three or four feet deep. It's up to my knees. Or, and above in some spots. Her car flies into there but doesn't flip over. I go charging in after her because I think she might be hurt in there. I don't know if she's dead or what it is. I don't know if there are kids in the car. All I know is her crappy little car stuck in the swamp and she didn't murder us all. So I go running into the swamp after her. I have flip-flops on. Don't judge me. I already told you I was on vacation in Florida. I can wear whatever I want in Florida. Look, no one else even wears clothes in Florida. Anyway, go charging in there. One step, first flip-flop gone. Second step, second flip-flop gone. Lost both of my best pair of flip-flops on the vacation. I'm not going to belabor the point here. I'll just say it this way. I got up to the car. It was a young lady, understandably scared to death. I went up. We got her out of the car. We got her out of the swamp. Sheriff came. It was all good. All good. They probably even towed that car out of there, although I'm not sure whether that thing was fully functional before it went into the swamp. I don't know how it is now. But long story short, you were that close to never seeing this again. Now, does that give you butterflies in your stomach? It should. It should. Let's move on to all the crappy news of the day now. I don't know how I got off on that. Um, there's more rioting and looting in Chicago. You know, here's Chicago. Look at it. You look like a real criminal. <laughs> What's these pants looking like, y'all, y'all? What's these lucky brands? No, nobody wants that. Uh, uh.
my hair getting curly as out of my hood, sweating out and <laughs> I should go back up there because it ain't what out. Special shout out to that future Pulitzer Prize winning journalist or wannabe journalist there for not only entering in the mall that's being looted and cheering everybody who's looting it on, but videotaping it in an easily traceable video the entire time. I am sure the Chicago police will be paying her a little visit. Now, I only showed you all this chaos in Chicago to talk about this. Can we start having honest assessments about why things happen instead of being such a flighty, emotional people or so, so scared that we won't challenge the narrative. And what I mean by that is this. You, of course, remember when George Floyd was killed, that horrible killing, we saw it on video in Minneapolis. And you remember when he was killed, right? And the entire nation, everybody, I, I did not hear one dissenting voice anywhere. The entire nation looked at it and said, okay, um, that's a crime or something. You can't, whatever that cop did is wrong. Uh, whatever you want to charge him with is fine, but what he did was wrong. Everybody came out against it, everybody. And yet, the entire country, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party too, corporations, professional sports, they everybody just decided universally, the problem is police brutality. And it even took a couple days to work out the numbers. And people are looking at the numbers and they're all, wait, nine unarmed black men killed by police in all of 2019? Is that right? Can, Harry, can somebody check on that? That can't be. It's true. There was never any factual basis to it at all. But everybody freaked. And then once everybody freaked and decided the cops were the problem, the people who did have enough brains to speak were too scared to speak. And that's what I want to talk to you about briefly tonight. We have got to work on our courage. And remember, courage is not an absence of fear. Courage is overcoming the fear you have. I'm speaking now not to Democrats. Democrats are scumbags. They love this in Chicago. They're going to encourage this. They've loved everything they've seen. I'm not talking about corporations. Corporations are weak and pathetic. They go whichever way the wind's blowing. Just, just please don't sue me. That's all corporations are now. Professional athletes. I'm not even going to indict professional athletes. Why? Most of them are complete and utter morons. They just are complete and utter morons. I'm talking to the people you and I rely on. I'm talking about Republican leadership. You see, as soon as that bad thing happened to George Floyd, as soon as George Floyd was murdered, killed, whatever you want to put it, Republicans decided there's too much heat out there. We'd better go along with what the public says. Everybody thinks the cops are out there killing unarmed black men, just hunting them down. We better go along with it, right? I mean, we, have you seen the poll numbers? Somebody, somebody get some poll numbers. You know what? Let's Let's, somebody get Tim Scott. We need, we need our own police reform bill. What? What you do when it's hard is who you are. And when it was hard, when it was hard to stand up and say, um, hold on, that's a bad incident. I hope that cop is prosecuted, but let's not sit here and pretend the problems in Minneapolis are the Minneapolis Police Department. That, what I just told you, is the most honest assessment of what happened up there, and not one national Republican 
had the balls to stand up and say that. Not one. How was that possible? How was it possible? And now look, of course, there's another police shooting in Chicago. A police shooting, by all accounts, even by media accounts, completely justified. They put out a bunch of crappy reports, looting, rioting, everything else. The problems may be complicated. The problems they're having with this kind of behavior in big cities may be really complicated. But it ain't the cops. And it's not as if cops are saints. I want cops prosecuted when they go over, overboard. And Lord knows they do when you're given that kind of authority. But let's stop pretending the problems in bad communities in Chicago, the problems are the cops. That's idiotic. And what makes me mad is the people who knew that was idiotic didn't have the guts to step up and say so. This is not going to stop, ladies and gentlemen. It's not going to be isolated to Chicago or New York or Portland. Here's Portland still. numb to that now? I have to be honest. As I sat and watched that again with you, I thought to myself, man, how much of that have we seen over the past months? You shouldn't be numb to that. You know this isn't normal, right? This is not normal in the United States of America. Or at least I should say it wasn't normal. It is now. I think a lot of people out there, you and I, I've done it too, we tell ourselves little lies about, well, after the election, this will all be done. Either Donald Trump will get elected again and they'll give up and go home, or God forbid, Joe Biden gets elected and then they'll have their guy and they'll just walk away. I don't think that's right. I think we now are going to live in this perpetual state of rioting, looting, and unrest now because the left is fully, fully radicalized in this country. And maybe, just maybe, maybe we can't live together anymore. That make you uncomfortable? Maybe we can't. Barr, at least, at least at this point, seems to be honest about what's happening. I've been appalled at what's on this violence because it's happening right out in the streets. Anyone with eyes can see what's happening. They see the violence. They see the, these groups of uh, agitators in their black outfits uh, and their helmets and their shields, which incidentally have the have hammer and sickle on them most of the time, uh, rushing the police, causing violence, throwing rocks, people showing up with the rocks and the frozen bottles. That's happening. That's happening in front of people. You don't see it on any of the national news. You don't see it on the networks. You don't see it on the other cable stations. And yet you hear about these peaceful demonstrators. So it's, it's, you know, it's just, it's a lie. 
the American people are being told a lie. They are being told a lie. And that brings up a whole new issue. We may have to address that tomorrow or something. What's the right thing to do about the American media? If you view the American media as now being wholly anti-American and dedicated to tearing this country apart, what's the right thing to do? And don't, don't, don't for one second fool yourself into thinking there's a comfortable answer to that question. There certainly isn't. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, speaking of uncomfortable, I'm going to tell you something I've never told anybody on this show before. When I got back from Iraq, I got out of the Marine Corps soon after I got back from Iraq, I wasn't doing that well. I used to go to work. I was going to community college, not to brag, at night. And when I wasn't doing either of those things, I would go sit in my apartment by myself, shut all the blinds, turn out all the lights, and just sit in the dark. That is not somebody who's doing well. Thankfully, I eventually got some help that I needed. But look, I will tell you, when you sit in the dark and you go through things like that, what you feel more than anything else is alone. You feel alone. Warriors Heart Foundation is out there finding our veterans, finding our first responders who are suffering and making sure they know they're not alone and help is on the way. I am not going to indict any other entity out there, government or otherwise. I'm just simply here to tell you Warriors Heart Foundation is a 501c3 and this is a mission, a mission to help our men and women who've been through hell and need help so they don't feel alone. We're talking about help with insurance costs. We're talking about scholarships. Go to warriorsheartfoundation.org slash the first. Warriorsheartfoundation.org slash the first. Go find that guy who's sitting by himself right now and let's get him some help. We'll be back. It's time to talk about executive orders. And courage. Remember we were just talking about courage? We're going to talk some more about courage. First of all, Hillary Clinton has something to say. And before you hear Hillary Clinton talking about Trump's executive order, let's discuss the executive order briefly. Trump decides Congress isn't going to do anything about the economy and everything else. Let's do a payroll tax, you know, vacation. And let's, eh, no more student loan payments for a while. Okay. All that stuff sounds fine. We're going to discuss what I think about executive orders here briefly. But that brings us to Hillary Clinton, who felt the need to comment with this. Well, it's a stunt. Um, there's no doubt about it. It's uh, most likely, as even Republican senators have said, unconstitutional, uh, bypassing the Congress, trying to uh, spend money that he has no authority to direct. Um, but it's also meant to be a big diversion from the hard work the Congress should be engaged in to provide the kind of relief uh, that tens of millions of Americans need. Why is she still talking? That's my biggest question. It's not about Hillary ripping on Donald Trump's executive order. Everybody knows that's, that's the standard Democrat line. We're going to play you Nancy Pelosi here in a minute. But why is Hillary Clinton talking? What is this weird, 
addiction to the public eye. I will never understand it. Now, I don't expect you to be a Hillary Clinton fan. I certainly am not a Hillary Clinton fan. However, looking at just the resume of her life, she went to some fancy university, married a dude, dude gets elected president of the United States twice. Okay, so now you're the first lady of the United States of America. First lady. That's not a small deal. You're going down in the history books, woman. Now you leave... And you go be a United States senator? Also, a very big deal. There's only 100 of those in the world at any given moment, and she achieved that. Then, I, I don't even know how many people she had to kill to achieve it. Stop. We can make jokes. We can make All right. So she's a senator. Then, you're the secretary of state for the United States of America. Okay, by the time all this is done, you're filthy rich because all the money you've laundered from foreign nations quit. We're allowed to stop. You're super rich. You are going down in the history books. Why are you still doing stupid hits on MSNBC with the mullet and everything else? Explain that to me. Who is that addicted to the public eye? If I ever achieve a fraction of any of that, which I think we all know I probably will, I'm going to be right back on my airboat in Florida sipping on a quality Jim Beam as I look at the alligators swim around and eat fish. You're never going to hear from me again. I find this addiction to publicity and fame odd. I find it really, really odd. All right, here's what Nancy Pelosi had to say. No, in fact, what the president did is, I agree with the Republican senator said it was unconstitutional slop. Uh, while it has the illusion of saying we're going to have a moratorium on evictions, it says I'm going to ask you, uh, the folks in charge to study if that's feasible. While he says he's going to do the, the uh, uh, payroll tax, what he's doing is undermining Social Security and Medicare. Uh, so th these are uh, illusions, and they really do not, what he calls in our bill, unnecessary. Okay. Well, let's set aside all that gibberish for a moment. You know she's going to oppose it. She sounds actually pretty lucid there for her, so good for Nancy. Let, look, we want to be nice to people, don't we? Don't we? We want to be nice, just fairly lucid. So we know the Democrats are going to take the standard line. This is going to kill old people. Hillary's going to get up there and growl into the camera a little bit and then complain that nobody likes it. We get all that. I want to talk about this for a moment. Republican Senator from Nebraska, Ben Sass, had this to say. Quote, The pen and phone theory of executive lawmaking is un unconstitutional slop. President Obama did not have the power to unilaterally rewrite immigration law with DACA, and President Trump does not have the power to unilaterally rewrite the payroll tax law. Under the Constitution, that power belongs to the American people acting through their members of Congress, end quote. All right, are you ready? You ready? I mean, he's right, but Ben Sass didn't vote against the CARES Act. Are we going to go down the list of Ben Sass's voting record? And actually, I'm not taking a shot at Ben Sass. All these senators, all these people speaking out against this. What's your voting record look like? And the reason I'm bringing this up is this. And I'm not trying to make this disheartening or de depressing. I'm just trying to give you an honest assessment of where we are. Maybe it's time for you and I to grow up a little bit tonight 
maybe it's time for you and I to accept we don't live in a constitutional republic anymore. That's a fairy tale. That's a pipe dream. That's something they used to do. I, I wish we did. Don't get wrong, I wish we did. I wish it was all still under the Constitution. I want that. You probably want that. But we don't. Nothing the federal government does is constitutional anymore. That $2 trillion CARES Act, that, none of that was constitutional. They don't have any authority to do that. All these senators were right there. Oh, I love it. Let's save the people. It's all the time. Nothing they do is constitutional. We live past that age now. We live in an era of power. Either you have it or you don't have it. But that's the era we live in now. And I wish we could go back to doing the just the constitutional thing I do. But are you willing to bind yourself in that way? What I mean by that is, are you willing to live under my president will only do what's constitutional and nothing else? My senator will only do what's constitutional and nothing else. Are you willing to live like that with the full knowledge that the second Democrats take power again, and they will one day, that's the nature of politics, the pendulum always swings. Are you willing to live like that with the full knowledge when Democrats take power again? They're not gonna live under any of those rules. They're not gonna care about any of those rules. They're gonna do whatever they want. They're gonna use all the power they have and power they don't have, and they're gonna give you the middle finger while they dare you to stop it. So let me ask you again. Are you willing to live constrained by the Constitution if the other side will not be? And I have to tell you, as somebody who loves the Constitution, who loves teeny tiny government, I don't think I'm going to be the only one playing by the rules anymore. I don't think I want to. Is Donald Trump's executive order unconstitutional? You bet it is, 100%. Do I care? No. I'm sorry. I don't care. I'll tell you what I do care about, though. I care about made in America. That's what I care about. And I care about it a lot. I did not used to care about such things. And then I realized how many of our countries that hate us, hate us, we fund them. You and I do with our products. So when I hear about somebody like Vault Pro USA, somebody who makes gun safes, Vault doors, storm shelters, incredible stuff. Stock things and custom-made things. And I find out that Vault Pro USA is not only veteran-owned, it's America-made, and lifetime warranties. Yeah, you could say I was pretty much interested. And look around you. Have you looked at the news? Do you think it might be a good time to have a place to lock up your valuables? Or, depending on where you live, maybe a place to lock up yourself? I think it is a good time to do that, don't you? Go to vaultprousa slash jesse. That's vaultprousa.com slash jesse. vaultprousa.com slash jesse. Do not forget to use the promo code the first when you go there. Go check out what they have. If they don't have what you're looking for, make a phone call. You will not regret it. vaultprousa.com slash jesse.
Joining me now is former congressman from Virginia and the current dean of business at Liberty University, Dave Bratt, man sporting a seersucker today. Congressman, did you know that I actually have a lime green seersucker suit and it is electric? I'll bet. I'll bet, man. I got to see it. All right. See if you can outdo this one. This is okay. This is the uh, okay. this is the original. All right, challenge accepted. Next time you're on, I will be in the lime green seersucker, but let's set that aside for now. Very good. We have we have a bit of a problem as far as the civil unrest goes, and it goes beyond the looting and the murdering yeah. and everything else there. I think it's giving the American people the distinct impression that we have two different Americas now. And I'll tell you, I feel like we have two different <clears throat> Americas now. Is this just the news? Is this just social media? Or do we really reside in two totally different places now? Yeah, I, I hate to go deep on you, but yeah, I, I think there are. I mean, and it, it, I think it breaks kind of along the lines of the uh, traditional values, the, the Judeo-Christian tradition kind of thing. There's those that kind of uh, think there's an absolute moral authority and, and Designed their structures. The Constitution came out of that. The free market business ethics came out of that. The you know, the system we have came out of that. And uh, then there's the others that are that they think that whole system is corrupt and terrible. And uh, they're shaking their thumbs and screaming at uh, God and uh, and authority and the rule of law, etc. And that, that's what it looks like to me. And uh, you, just in the schools, right? You can just say, what what can you teach your kid? And you teach your kid that the USA is a good country, that we believe in God, just the basics, right? Nothing radical, just, you know, I went to Princeton Seminary. James Madison went to Princeton where he wrote the Constitution. You know, this is mainstream stuff. Harvard's motto when they were founded with truth for Christ and church. Not anymore. Now it's a leftist bastion. And so that's, it seems like those are some pretty clear default lines. Congressman, I understand this may be difficult for you to do, but put yourself in the minds of one of these whack job liberal city mayors. What's their end game? I mean, look, no matter what I know or think I know about the mayor of Portland, surely there's no way the mayor of Portland sits back at night and turns on the TV and enjoys watching the fact that his city is burning. Or does he? Do they do they enjoy this? Yeah, I I can't think. So I, I've seen some of the comments. Some people are backing off saying, hey, you know, we got to cut this off. This is going to help Trump. But, you know, I, I don't think I'm in a mood to give too much benefit of the doubt. If you carry the, the contrast I was just talking about, the, the Marxist line, right? Marx and the, the neo-Marxists that come out of the Frankfurt School and all this stuff. If you don't know this, look it up, right? I mean, but the, the philosophy is called deconstruction. They, they want to deconstruct everything using language games. And uh, Foucault and all these guys uh, for 30, 40 years have said there's no such thing as truth. Uh, all that matters is hermeneutics and language and the way we use language. And we use language to do persuasion. And we do persuasion to do politics. And we do politics so we can obtain power. <clears throat> and so in the end, uh, it, unless you can show me you're producing something other than that, that's all I can see on the left. It's just it's just pure power grab using now very sophisticated materials. The, the average person has no idea. Uh, the depths of the intellectual uh, foundation they're working off of. It, it's been in, in place for 40 to 50 years. It's been carefully laid, and uh, now it's coming to fruition. 
Is that always what communism was? Now, you look, nobody hates communism as much as I do. But when Marx is writing all this yeah. stuff down and the Bolsheviks pick it up, and of course they have to murder a whole bunch of people to take power and then murder even more people when they're in power, did they always believe it was only about destruction too? Did this start out as a better idea and it just, the nature of man ruined it? Yeah, well, back in the day, you know, Marx is like 1860, right? So you had some bad kings and bad thugs and autocrats, right? So you can, you know, if you want to give them the benefit of the doubt, you can say, hey, the workers were getting ripped off. They were. The kings were living high. Okay. But then uh, his, the main, he said, you know, all this God stuff, and that includes human rights language, right? You got to give up all that. Just trust me for a while, right? We're going we're gonna to put in our team. We're going to run things. Uh, rights language goes away, democracy goes away, and, uh, you know, just trust us, and all you get is Stalin and Lenin and Mao and the, the decimation. And so, yeah, it might, might have started off as a pipe dream. The left has always been more utopian, right? They think human nature is basically good. Uh, every every philosopher of note in Western Civ, right, from the Hebrews to Plato all the way on up, has known better, except for Rousseau and Marx. They're the two exceptions, and they're wrong. And, uh, you know, the founders, thank goodness, knew better. They, they separated power uh, every way they could in the Constitution and our government system, and uh, that served us well. And now you'll notice we have all monopolies, right, all the big tech monopolies. It's easier to control one uh, firm, one guy. All you need is one CEO at the top of that firm. You control it. And the left knows that. That's why you don't want a 1,000 competing firms. You want one biggie that you can control. And that it looks like that's what's happened out to me. You bring up, you've brought up God a lot in our foundation, Judeo-Christian values. Why don't more people yeah. talk about the oppression going on of Christians in China? Because it's terrible over there. Yeah, I, I don't know. It went out of vogue, right, with the wine-sipping crowd and all that. And, uh, cocktail parties, not good to bring up God for some reason. Uh it, you know, it wasn't cosmopolitan or something like that. It used to be, right? It used to be the crowning queen of the science and theology and philosophy walked hand in hand. Every great philosopher I know, but now, you know, people have poo-pooed it, uh, but they can't answer the basic question. You know, why is there something instead of nothing? And, you know, if, if you don't get your first principles right, uh, good luck to you, right? And so it it all does go back to first principles, and uh, Aristotle knew on secular grounds. There's a first mover, right? I mean, just logic. Just logic makes it perfectly clear. And so uh, it's not in right now. Again, maybe because the, the modern mind uh, wants, you know, self-governance. They don't want to think that there's a, uh, you know, a sovereign mind that also has sovereign law. And, it, uh, you know, and that, it, it's been a good thing. And that's, uh, I, I don't get the oppressive part of it. But uh, the, the, a lot of uh, modern individuals don't like the idea that there's something over them. Congressman, Nancy Pelosi let the mask slip a little bit over the weekend talking about, well, China kind of wants Joe Biden to win. Are we going to lose everything Trump has gained on China if Joe Biden wins this thing? Uh, for the most part, uh, firms being rational actors have discovered, you know, finance 101. Uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify, right? I mean, so all these Harvard MBAs that shoved everything over to China, that was an unmitigated disaster. So 
you know, there's gonna, now some of that supply chain stuff's going to get reeled back. Uh, but yeah, ov- overall, uh, the globalist order under Biden will be back in. It's about self-interest and, and, and self-wealth aggrandizement, right? So when your kid gets a billion and a half dollar contract and all your buddies and all the lobbyists up in D.C. are making money off of China, uh, that's a hard thing to stop unless you have what's called leadership. And it is ironic that the last thing anyone attributes you know, to Trump is, is moral leadership, but freeing 1.4 billion Chinese made in the image of God from the CCP totalitarian regime, I can't think of a more noble moral pursuit than that one thing. And if you can name it, you know, on the left, I'm dying to hear it, but that that's the number one. If you can free 1.4 billion people, and we're on the verge of doing it, and uh, this election will largely uh, answer that question. Congressman Dave Bratt, Dean of Business at Liberty University. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you, Jesse. Appreciate you back. God bless. You too. HomeTitleLock.com. Hold on. Hear me out here. Don't change the channel. You realize how vulnerable you are, right? Your home title is not a piece of paper. It exists online. How valuable is your home? It is very likely the most valuable thing you own. So by having your home title unsecured, by not having home title lock, you essentially have taken all the money you have and thrown it in an open suitcase on your front lawn. Why? Just go get HomeTitleLock.com and protect your home title. Otherwise, they'll steal it, get your signature on it, take a loan out against it, and financially destroy you. Destroy you. Everything you've worked for. Go there, put in your address, see if you're already a victim. While you're there, use the code JESSE. Get yourself 30 days of free protection. HomeTitleLock.com. We'll be back. Okay, I just wanted to address the Joe Biden elephant in the room once again on the show. Look, I've been on vacation. So why haven't I had a chance to have this frank talk with you in quite a while? Why hasn't Joe Biden picked the vice president yet? I have a theory. It's just a theory. I know you all call me the Oracle because that's the nickname I gave myself. But I have a theory on it. I think Joe Biden is holding out for VP pick for two different reasons. One, I don't know that Joe Biden's going to be the nominee. I will tell you this, people I trust in this business have told me privately, offline, that Joe Biden, not doing great, not doing great. And I'm not going to take any shots at the man for that. We're all going to get old. Father time is undefeated. But that means we only have so much time to switch things around if you're the Democrats and you have to get a nominee. That's one. So I don't know that Joe Biden's going to be the one making the VP choice. Maybe someone else does. Or two, I think Joe Biden knows this is the only spice in his campaign. I want you to think about something. Whether you hate Trump, hate Biden, hate them both, hate everybody, love everybody, whatever the case may be. What's exciting about the Joe Biden campaign? Anything? Does... Anything pop out, anything at all. It's easy to talk about what's exciting about Trump's campaign. Even if you hated his guts, you get what's exciting people, right? 
America first, build the wall. All that, of course, people get excited about that stuff. I've been to a Donald Trump rally before. Let me tell you, it's like a rock concert. He excites people. What is exciting about Joe Biden? Name me one thing. Uh, he's there. He was Barack Obama's vice president. It's a campaign about nothing. It's like that old Seinfeld line, how it's a show about nothing. Joe Biden's campaign is about nothing. They have a nothing candidate. There are nothing ideas. There's no plan. Joe Biden's plan is to simply weekends at Bernie's exist until he's sworn in as president of the United States of America. So I think Joe Biden's campaign, I think they're smart enough to realize the suspense in who Joe Biden's going to pick for vice president is quite literally the only exciting thing you or I will ever see from this campaign. What else have you seen every day? The only, the only excitement we get is watching Joe Biden flub some lines at the end of every day. Uh, uh, I, I don't know about the tax plan, but I love ducks and grape nuts. Uh, that's, that's all you get every single day. What, we get a little snicker out of that? He needs some spice. Campaigns need energy. And before you roll your eyes, understand, that has determined several of our last presidents. Energy, excitement. Barack Obama cannot stand him. Trust me, you don't hate Barack Obama as much as I do. The guy was exciting. He excited people. Remember, you had those idiots passing out at his rallies and stuff like that. Hope and change. Woohoo! People go for excitement. People need charisma, especially when they're picking the leader of the free world. Joe Biden doesn't have any at all. Here's Kamala Harris still making her pitch. I want Joe Biden to pick whoever is going to help him win, period. Uh, he has to win. There is too much at stake in our country right now. Donald Trump has been a failure as a president on almost every level. We need a president of the United States, and that's why I'm supporting Joe Biden. We need a president of the United States who has in their DNA the ability and the desire to lift up the condition and the spirit of the American people. And I know Joe Biden can do that. I'm not going to address most of that idiocy. Oh, it has to be a woman. It has to be a black woman. It has to be, I'm not going to address any of that stuff. That's just stupid. How about we just get somebody qualified? I am going to address this, though. I understand that some of you have a desire to get into television one day. And look, I can't blame you for wanting to follow in my footsteps. Who wouldn't want to follow in my footsteps? Good for you. Allow me to give you a helpful piece of advice, though. Don't put the camera right here. Kamala Harris is a senator and she's speaking and the camera's like up her nose. Give yourself a little bit of distance, little room to breathe. All right. You know the media is concerned about Joe Biden's mental state when you see segments like this. Look at what Fox News saw on Saturday at Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. This is Joe Biden out there on a vigorous bike ride. Not wearing a helmet, but definitely wearing a mask, by the way. Fox's narrative and ra talk radio's narrative for months has been that Joe Biden is falling apart. You just heard Ben Shapiro say it, falling apart. And there he is riding a bike out for a bike ride.
That is embarrassing. That is so embarrassing. He's fine. He can ride a bike. Obviously, he can lead the free world. Look, that's the media we have in this country. It's all, it's all coming down around us, which is why you need BattleBox. Have you seen this show on Netflix, Southern Survival? It's the coolest thing in the world. They have these battle boxes. I'm going to open one for you on camera one of these days. I already got one of mine. It's a battle box. There's no E in battle, by the way. Battlebox.com. Battlebox.com. There's no E in it. And you get the battle box, okay? You open it up, and it has all this different survival gear in it. I mean, a million different things. In mine, I had a hatchet. I had a hatchet. And I don't mean some little grocery store hatchet. I mean a hatchet. I sat out there with my sons, because you can get these things starting at just 30 bucks a month. 30 bucks a month. It's been ranked as the best guy gift out there in 2019. Go to battlebox.com and you get your box every single month and open it up. And it's just all kinds of new stuff. There's tarps and flashlights. I even had a little uh, little tool I got last time made to keep in your car so it can quickly slice seat belts or smash out a window if you have to. And the show Southern Survival, they show you how to use all this stuff if the world ends or Joe Biden gets elected. Go to battlebox.com. That's battlebox.com. Remember, there's no E in battle. Use the code JESSE. Use the coupon code JESSE. Get some money off. You have to check these things out. We'll be back. Every now and then, it doesn't hurt to take a step back and just appreciate the triumph of the human spirit. Enjoy this little video. Push through your legs. Good. Good lilac. Stand up straight, good girl, well done. Oh my, my. Hold on tight. You did it. You got to the top. Didn't you? Well done, babe. That is as good as it gets. I'll see you tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, get 10% off. 
More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.